I'm now joined over the phone by Professor Bronwyn Carlson. Bronwyn has a PhD in sociology, has won the Australian Research Council Discovery Grant twice for her research into Aboriginal affairs in both 2013 and 2016, with particular focus on the relationship Indigenous people have with social media, whether it be to agitate for political change or to create awareness. She believes that social media is a key tool for the Aboriginal people. Kia ora, kia ora, how are you? Yeah, good morning. Hi. It's such a shame. I wish that you were in the studio joined with me today, but what's happened? So there was a mas- massive delay on the way into Sydney Airport, which resulted in me missing the flight, and they couldn't get me on another one in time. Oh, that's such a shame. But you were supposed to be uh, giving a public lecture for the Media, Film and Communications Department today at Otago University. Is that correct? That's correct, and it's just a massive shame for me um, not to be able to be there. So I hope to be able to come at another time. Oh, yeah. Will you be coming later in the year at some point? Absolutely. Oh, cool. Um, really sad that your lecture had to be cancelled, but would you mind giving us a brief explanation of what you would have covered if you were here in Dunedin today? Absolutely. So um, today I was going to talk about um, a- Aboriginal people, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people here in Australia, um, use of social media for all sorts of activities, including cultural um, practices, including social engagements, and also political um, activism. And you are of Aboriginal descent, is that right? Yes. What do you perceive as being the greatest challenge for your people in Australia at the moment? greatest challenge wow um okay (laughs) so for in in australia of course um things are quite different for indigenous people here there are no treaties in place Mm. there are no uh, at a national level so at state levels there are some treaty negotiations in um, various places but as a a federal um level there are no treaty in place with the um, indigenous um, population and so that you know essentially means that we've never engaged in a conversation with the state uh, the nation state about um, a treaty of our land, so we're sovereign owners who are still um, under colonial rule. So for us, that's one of our, our biggest issues in terms of having rights um, and having access to resources um, and economic prosperity. Um, and the other biggest issue facing us um, is racism. Yeah, I was going to say, within Australia, do you think that the political climate has made the use of social media all the more important as politicians continue to sideline Aboriginal issues? Absolutely. It's a fantastic tool for us and it amplifies a collective voice, which is something that's quite difficult when we're only 3% of the population over this massive landmass. And so we're quite dispersed, even though there are pockets of um, larger numbers of populations like in Western Sydney and Brisbane, for example, Mm. but we're still very uh, spread out across the country and have very diverse needs depending on our geographic location. So social media has given an opportunity for people from all corners of this country to come together and speak very loudly and collectively about some particular issues. And one of the main issues with our governments is that they have bipartisan support on um, a real assimilationist agenda for Indigenous people. So no matter which um, side of our government is in, it generally means the same thing for us. And would you say that the advent of social media has allowed younger generations of Aboriginal or Indigenous people to feel prouder of their culture by sharing their identity, whether it be uh, a different uh, non-binary gender or otherwise, in a, in a more low-risk environment? 
Yeah, absolutely. So from the um, interviews that we did right across the country, people were telling us, um, you know, that they were connecting with um, older generations online on social media, mm. and they may not have ever done that, um, you know, in um, offline situations. They might not have had the opportunity because of distance, um, etc. And so while a lot of non-Indigenous um, young people were jumping off Facebook, for example, because they call it Mum's Book and too many parents <laughs> on there, um, younger Indigenous people are actually you know, maintaining their um, their profiles on Facebook so they can link with family and have those connections. And, and due for a range of reasons could have been disrupted, past government policies, uh, yeah, family shifting for work, etc. So, But now they're connecting again. And a lot of our um, elders are pretty prolific um, social media users. Oh, wow. That's really cool to see on Mumbook. <laughs> That's very sweet. <laughs> Mumbook. Um, Immense uprisings are now associated with the use of social media and it's widely purported that the Arab Spring would not have been possible without it. Do you believe that there'll be a social revolution of sorts in the immediate future for the Aboriginal people? Well, I think the winds of change are here, you know. People are no um, longer, you know, um, without the ability to speak up. You know, Aboriginal people and um, have never sat idle while, um, you know, our lands have been taken and um, our people have been discriminated against. We've always protested in some way. Mm. Social media just gives us a new tool to do that. And um, we've seen some amazing results. If we think about the SOS Black Australia campaign, for yeah, example. yeah. Um, Sam Cook, uh, Aboriginal woman um, from the Kimberleys, initiated um, that protest. So it starts with just a Facebook page to give information to other people about what's going on in Western Australia. Ends up being a call for help from um, you know, globally from people, and people responded. So the world's now looking at Australia and the ways in which they you know, treat particular populations of Indigenous people. They no longer can just get away with doing things because it might be some you know, geographically remote location, it might be not a main city, even though that generally doesn't stop people. Um, so no longer people can just get away with those kind of racist activities um, by removing people off country and um, you know, violently attacking and physically attacking um, Indigenous people. Those things are now captured and shared on social media. So SOS Black Australia ended up resulting in mass campaigns and protests in the streets, closing down cities, and it has to draw the attention of mainstream media, who of course generally responds quite negatively to Indigenous people. But then we also have the ability to take social media and turn that negativity back on its head um, and respond to mainstream media, and they get called out for it. Yeah, what do you think is next on the agenda for Aboriginals to bring to the the foreground through social media? So what we're seeing now is a rise of um, young groups on social media for climate change um, and caring for country, um, which is our way of um, talking about climate change, is maintaining um, our connection with country and caring for it and ensuring that our governments don't just give away all of our rights um, to mining companies and interest to and um, without any benefit to indigenous people and huge um, you know impact on our um, environment and country so we're seeing you know social media used by um, young people in that way and it's fantastic
Yeah, and if we if we look outward to other marginalised Indigenous people, such as the Indigenous peoples of like Russia and Siberia, um, Ripon, mm-hmm. um, they're less connected on average than Australian Aborigines or the Māori people in New Zealand, um, yet they've developed youth groups and attempted advocacy in the Russian government. Do you think that these people will only achieve real change through the social media platform? I think it always takes a bit of a combination. Like social media is fantastic for sharing information, for rallying support, for feeding into um, locations that you know may have been left out um, traditionally, um, and bringing people together. But I think it still takes people power and people on the streets. It takes people to um, get up and um, you know participate, not just click like. I mean, but social media is fantastic for sharing information real time, instantly. Do you think um, the incorporation of these kind of protests and, and bringing, bringing things to the forefront through the social media platform and using it in art is another effective way of bringing these issues to the public? Oh, absolutely. You know, the, the potential is there, but we also have to be um, concerned with impact. So social media is not necessarily a safe space for Indigenous people either. Mm, okay. But nor is the offline space. But online, this is the, you know, it's just a petri dish of um, society. So we find trolls, you find racists, you find people that um, feel very bold in what they can respond to people. And the thing is, is um, I often hear people go, oh, yeah, you know, people do that all anonymously. But mm. in Australia, it's not anonymous. People are happily put their name to their racist comments to wow. Indigenous people. They are brazen, and we've we've seen some you know examples of that. Um, one of our indigenous MPs, Nova Paris, um, this guy was a chiropractor. He was making racist comments to her, vile, racist, and um, dangerous comments to her in his own name. He was taken to court um, and found guilty of doing those things. Not everyone's taken to court. Um, you know, she's much more high profile, and mm, yeah. um, but still, the, the threat is real. And what we're seeing is a rise in that kind of violence and racially fought content, um, particularly towards Indigenous women. Yeah. Um, and the violence is real. Another one of our um, young MPs, um, Lydia Thorpe, she um, made a comment about Australia Day, which is a touchy issue here, of course, yeah. in this country. Yeah. Um, and she was, you know, given physical and sexual violent threats. Um, somebody broke into her office, so we see that, you know, the violence is not only online, left a message there for her, um, that all black people should die, that kind of thing. Um, I've had similar, um, accounts. I was, um, made a comment about, um, the Captain Cook's, um, statues in Sydney, <laughs> and I was, um, yeah, dare I, and, um, was contacted, um, via phone. With oh a lot my of goodness. Abuse, abuse, but then I was all emailed. Uh, like lots of times of all sorts of abuse with threats of violence and one of the uh, people who writes regularly to me in response to that even though it was some time ago signs the email seek hail captain cook every time god that's awful yeah it's pretty awful so we don't know the impact of the kind of um violence and racially fought content that people are exposed to so if you think about indigenous australia we are avid users of social media at a rate higher than non-indigenous people here so even in our remotest locations at least 60 percent of that population is on facebook and Mm. using social media um so we're not only engaged in our own local politics um, and our own, uh, the situations that are happening in, at a national level, we're also connected to Indigenous people around the world. 
So we're actually seeing what's happening in North Dakota as, you know, the water protectors are, are being, you know, sh- shot at and mowed down. We're, we're there in Hawaii with the, um, you know, Project Manakea, um, where in New Zealand when things are taking place, we're like, they're connected to everyone. So what's that impact of trauma on people who have um, historical um, traumatic backgrounds? Yeah, and I mean, the the violence and the marginalisation translates to horribly high rates of suicide in Aboriginal and Indigenous communities. And social media has this tendency to normalise rare occurrences through their algorithms. I mean, is this the best platform to be discussing incidences like this? Sometimes it can be your only platform. You know, a lot of Indigenous people don't have access to media that will make such an impact. Mm. Um, in Australia, for example, we do have um, some Indigenous media and some very, you know, fantastic, staunch Indigenous media. But a lot of people think Indigenous media is for Indigenous people. Oh. Um, so non-Indigenous people don't tend to, you know, you get the that, you know, preaching to the choir kind of crowd, but you don't get the same impact because all the other voices generally don't go to um, Indigenous labelled media. Oh, I see. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. And I really hope you can get to Dunedin at some point, hopefully this year, in the near future. I hope um, so. I've never been to Dunedin and um, it looks absolutely beautiful. That's great. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I was really interested to learn more about the Naitahu people and mm. um, connect with people at Otago. So you know, I'll definitely be coming. Yeah, cool. And we'd love to have that lecture later on in the year at some point. I know I'll be sitting in the front row having a listen because it's very <laughs> fascinating. And it's, to that. Yeah, I mean, it's applicable to our Indigenous people as well. So it's interesting to see how the issues translate across the ditch as well. Well, I actually do some work with a young Maori scholar. Oh, Dr. you do? A Kushla um, Shasha. Oh, wow. And um, she actually wrote her PhD thesis on uh, Maori use of social media um, and she graduated in 2014 and we've published together and um, she does some fabulous work about um, how Maori use social media to stay connected, particularly there are large populations of Maori in Australia mm. and how they're using social media to connect with culture and home um, and she wrote a fabulous paper about um, the virtual marae. Oh yes, also, yeah. yeah, yeah, I've heard of that actually. Yeah, she does some great work. So we're continuing to work together, which is fabulous. Oh, fantastic. Well, we hope to see you at some point down here, Bronwyn. I look forward to it. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Kakite. That was Bronwyn Carlson from Macquarie University, um, that is in Sydney. Unfortunately, she was supposed to be giving a public lecture for the MIFCO department today, um, but clearly missed the flight, didn't manage to get here, but I'm sure we will be seeing her at some point in the future. She works on uh, indigenous indigenous engagement with social media uh, and how this affects um, the politics in Australia. Uh, which translates very, very easily over to the Māori people in New Zealand.